Dear Lord, we, uh, we ask as we prepare for the birth of your son that you bestow special blessings on all of us here and all of them that all of the men who couldn't make it tonight. We ask that as we get closer to Christmas Day that we always remember what these holidays are all about and that we live that faith every day as we walk to our journey, in our journey, with you. Amen. Oh, the Rome boys. <laughs> Thank you, Deacon. And when you, if you decide to write a check, it's spelled M-A-T-T-H. <laughs> We got, guys, we are literally blown away by the turnout. This is thanks for coming, guys. Really. Amazing. We are grateful. I mean, we weren't prepared, honestly. <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll see five or ten up. guys, maybe. Yeah, that's what I had in my mind. Yeah. It was like we're gonna have a couple of tables and they're all gonna be scattered out. But dad, this is great. Dad, father-in-law, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. Exactly. So, honestly, thanks for being here. It last night was great. The food was much better. Uh, the faces were much cuter, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but really we didn't know what to expect for tonight. And honestly, um, Joe and Tony were saying, this is the night that we were looking most forward to, yes. uh, because we can relate with where you're at in your life. And, uh, we're not going to hold anything back. So <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's not easy getting up here and I, I'm sure you would agree with it because I asked last night who out there would actually want to come up here behind this microphone and talk to everybody who we all know each other. Y'all know us. You know uh, who our families are and what do we have to say that might matter to you. But like Deacon Allen said, we do feel called. And uh, the thing is, uh, we had to ask ourselves, what are we afraid of? And really, honestly, uh, we, we need to stop caring what other people think in the wrong sense. Because I think as men, a lot of what we're worried about is what our peers, you know, what other guys might think about us and uh, being a man and what that means. We're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, Jesus, Joe's going to touch on the point. Jesus has kind of been made out to look like a sissy. You know, he never got married and he's always talking about love. And, you know, how do you relate to that? And he was bold and outspoken. So what, we're, what makes us comfortable and able to do it is that we're going to be real with you. And we're not going to sugarcoat it. And um, so if you have any questions throughout the night, just feel free. Just say it. Okay. A little housekeeping. If you didn't sign in, feel free. You'll get a, our newsletter. So if you don't want to, that's fine, too. And Everybody came in the back door. Yeah, yeah. Nobody came in the <laughs> and front. so nobody signed in. So anyways, uh, and then there's free stuff over there, too. So grab some stuff on your way out. Last night, there was 15 folks. Um, so they're still alive. They ain't dead yet. And they put their name on the paper. So. There you go. <clears throat> But uh, I want to ask a question. How many of you in here, uh, well, let me just put it on y'all. What do you think everybody in this room has in their pocket right now? Money. 
pocket knife. Everybody in there in this room probably has pocket knife. I wrote down everything y'all said. Phone, keys, wallet. Johnny, we we don't want to know what you got in your pocket. No. <laughs> um, but right, money. These are our priorities. Does anybody have a crucifix in their pocket? Good. I appreciate you sharing it. Amen. And there's, you know, you got your wedding ring. There's things that you do carry with you. Uh, what's that? Rosary. Yep. I'm always, always reminded. Break them. I always have them in my pocket, and they're always getting broken. So I just kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but you know uh, what we're going to talk about is priorities, and and I want you to think about that. You know, uh, your kids, your wife, you know, people at home, they see you put down your stuff in the same spot probably every night, every day you go in the morning before you leave the house and you pick it up and you leave. Scapular. I, I just want to encourage you to at least get a crucifix or something because you don't always have to go out and preach with your words. It is the little things that you do that do make a big impression on people. Like the sign of the cross when you're eating out with your family and friends. Uh, a lot of Catholics are not bold enough to do that. We kind of hide that. We need to do that in, in public. Uh, when you, the bells are ringing at church, do the sign of the cross. When you cross by a church, do the sign of the cross. That's not just for you. Everybody else sees that. And when they see men doing it, it sticks with people. People remember it. Most of us, you know, probably are of the mindset, I'm going to die with my boots on, you know, because that's who we are, and that's what we're known for. And a lot of what we talked about last night, and heck, we were just talking about being a fireman or, you know, uh, yeah, I'm calling you out. I did last night too, so y'all get used to it. Uh, so, but we're known for what we do, right? Uh, farmers, there's a lot of farmers in the room. We know what everybody in this room does. But I think the point is that we were trying to get across last night is that that's what we do. That is our occupation. That's not who we are. Yeah, I'm a farmer. Yeah, he's a teacher. Yeah, he's a uh, businessman. That's what we do, but that's not who we are as men. In, in the nursing home, we see people lose their identity. I say that because I work in nursing homes, if you don't know, and I've been doing it for about 13 years. And, uh, and it's sad to see. And I think that's why a lot of us get sad because we don't want to go in a home. There's a lot of reasons why you might not want to do that. And I'm talking about kind of the end of life and after retirement. People, it, it, I learned this in my psychology class. It plays on who you are as a man especially. You don't have to be known. I said this last night to Maxine as Mikowitz Construction for the rest of your life, you know. People need to know who you are. You know, I remember uh, Dennis Menzemeyer. Uh, what I remember him most by is the fact that he could tell you uh, how many decades of the rosary it took to drive from one location to the next. Now, that's an impression. Uh, and, and, and that's who we need to be known for. Uh, so we don't need to be, you don't, you should not be remembered about who you are, but whose you are. And that is the biggest priority of our life. And the purpose, uh, if, if you don't know what your purpose is in life, in life, we're here to tell you tonight. It's very simple. It's straight from the scripture. The three letters are K, L, and S. And if you heard it last night, good. You need to hear it again. The scripture is clear. It's very simple. Your whole purpose in life is to know God, to love God, and to serve God. Why? So that we can be with him in the next. That's literally what the scripture says. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, 
don't let me just go ahead. I'll take another focus as we tried to get across last night, and Tony brings this point out better than anybody, is that how many of us know that God loves you? Mm-hmm. How much, when I just said that right now, that God loves you, did that kind of stir anything inside? Like, did that, like, did you feel uncomfortable? Like, I never heard that until I was in my 30s. I don't know, maybe you heard it way before that, but yeah, it just, it, it's With, crazy. Just to know Why that you're, take, we, yeah. we, we, we got to believe that. You know? So so the deal is, if if you don't believe it, how are you going to be a leader? Because as men, we're leaders. You know, even out on the farm, you got people that help you, right? Or you're helping someone. You are a leader by your example. So we were talking before we came in tonight. And, um, and I, I took my notes, so correct me if I'm wrong, though. But if a man does not participate in going to Mass, but the woman does, there's a... Even if she's super devout. You know, she's super holy. She goes daily mass, whatever else. Most of y'all know women like this. <laughs> you know, two percent <laughs> of kids will remain Catholic, will go to church if there's a devout mom and not a devout dad. Two percent. And that's our fault as men, right? Because we're even talking about like a friend Hoffman. I mean, a friend Havlock. Sorry, Steve. Uh, <laughs> when the father is devout <laughs> and super. Holy in his faith and just going going to church every week. It's a priority in his life. And regardless if the if the wife is solid, two-thirds to three-fourths of kids will be practicing Catholics after that. And we're not Pretty, talking about like diehard just knows everything about the faith. Sure, just just normal they're, everyday they're guys just going to church. Faith. And then it goes up to 90% if the father goes to church every week. And he is talking about the faith with his kids on a regular basis. I mean, I want that for my kids, don't you? And our, How many of you realize that you had that kind of influence? It's all about the men in this room, in this community right here. You're it. The women are important, yes, but you're it. We were talking to, we had an interview. I don't know if, if anybody's checked out our videos on YouTube or check them out. But Subscribe. We, yeah, they're right. Shameless plug. But we had a great privilege of uh, interviewing Father John Ricardo. And if you all haven't heard of him, look him up. He's an amazing priest and awesome guy. Amazing man. Yes, first. awesome guy. And at the very beginning of the interview, he started talking about how he was sitting at home one night, getting dinner prepared or whatever, and <clears throat> he was the football game was on. It was Kansas versus A&M. There's a picture of it on the screen there. It was one of their whiteouts. It was at College Station. All the stadium, everybody was wearing white shirts. He said he heard a voice, heard God speaking to him saying, this is what heaven looks like. This is the communion of saints. The saints, dressed in white, are looking down on the field and looking down on us and rooting us on. Well, he had to point out what at a college football game. Especially A&M. Especially A&M. Those those people there weren't there just to be entertained. They're there to change the outcome of the game. That's the point of the communion of the saints. That's why we pray to them is because they're there rooting us on, but they're also there to change the outcome. Okay? So that's what it looks like from up there. What I'd like to focus on right now is the field. Okay? On the field, you've got your coaches. You've got your training staff. You've got your medical staff. You've got the, groom, the uh, groundskeepers. And of course, you've got the players on the field. 
Okay, you can look at the coaches as being educators, the teachers. You know, these are the guys like Scott Hahn and stuff that, that are just on fire of the faith and just know their stuff. There's your coaches. Or the people in this room, maybe the older guys. Yeah. Right. They have the wisdom to pass on. Right. <laughs> we talked about that in one of our episodes where, you know, uh, wisdom grows from experience. Uh, experience comes from bad decisions <laughs> for, for me. But, okay, so you're on the field. You got your coaches. You got your training staff. You got your medical staff. That's father. When we screw up. He is there to hear our confession. We talked a lot about confession last night, but that's, he's the medical staff. He's the one that administers the sacraments of healing. Okay? And then you've got the players on the field. These are the guys that are fighting the battles. These are the guys that are battling the demons of the world, the, the, the battles that we see in, the, in our spiritual life. And it really hurts me to say that, golly, I didn't expect to get a little emotional here. But... Most of the players on the field are women. It's true. Where are the guys? Statistically, 70% of churches are run by the ladies. And if that's, you know, we talked about the 20-80 rule. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And if that's the case, it narrows the men down even more. And we're not here, you know, we... I don't want to bring you down. One of, one of the reasons that we decided to... to sit in front of a camera and thought somebody would care what we were saying is because a lot of what we saw was negative and it's, you know, negative news and what the Pope's doing wrong. And, but one of the things that we really like to do is enjoy our faith and enjoy being a man that uh, has a family that has a great responsibility, which is to model Jesus. And we don't all know what that looks like. Not everybody has a good example in their life. Well, I'll even say this. I look around this room and I see great providers. I see awesome providers and protectors of your family. But does that involve the faith? I mean, we're, we're protecting, we're providing. This, this community is amazing when somebody is down on their luck. You know, if a farmer has is got cancer or something, the guys will just drop everything they're doing and go plant his field or go harvest his crop. If there's somebody who's a family that's having medical problems, we have benefits here. Awesome community of getting together. I mean, this, this community is by far second to none when it comes to that kind of fellowship, when it comes to that kind of leadership. That's the definition of a man. Provide, protect, and pass on the faith. Exactly. Yeah, uh, last night Pat Vansel came up to me and um, with, you know, um, glossy eyes and... Um, and just said that she talked about the memories that she had of her husband. He passed away some six years ago, I think it was. And one of the great things that I know she wouldn't mind if I cared, or she wouldn't care if I uh, shared with you tonight is, and maybe some of you have heard it, she is still hearing stories about her husband and how great of a man he was. Things that she had never known before. You know, things that she found in his personal things that she had never saw before. And uh, interesting, Paul, I, I could pick on you because you're my friend. And, you know, you, you called me after your dad passed away and told me the same thing, things you never knew. And, and so you're, you're not going to be known for what you plan to do. What if you died tonight? But you got a great thing that you, you want to get close to Jesus. You want to start actually, what if I did actually say a spontaneous prayer to him, even in your head? I know that ain't comfortable for everybody. I get it. And I probably made some people uncomfortable last night when I did it out loud myself with the microphone. 
but your tombstone is not going to say what you were going to do. He was going to be a holy person. He was going to be a great man. But what? But what? If we show up to the gates, is our response going to be, well, I was too busy? When everybody showed up here tonight, it really made us feel really good because we know that you are busy because we're men too. We didn't have time to do this. That's the truth. But when you're called. 18 kids between us? Yeah. (laughs) Please. Got time? Yeah, right. And they're all homeschooled. (laughs) Pray for our wives, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the point there is to light a fire under you because as men, we can lead this parish and these, these parishes in this cluster and make a bigger impact than I think we realize. Well, and we're men that we're, we're mechanical, right? We're mechanical, but we also thrive on challenge, right? We want to be challenged. We want to, you know, get better at what we do. We need to redirect that into our faith. Because we don't even have, you don't have to go and just throw it down your kids or your wife's face, you know, the throat uh, that this is what we're going to do, you know, blah, blah, just by your example. I mean, Tony, with the statistics of the, what was it, three quarters, two-thirds of three quarters, just by going to church on Sunday. And I know, I know very much so that there's, there's men in this room who want that for their kids. Uh, and whether your kids are out of the house or not, What's that? Oh, okay. <laughs> Always something to say. Uh, and so the truth is, it's never too late, you know? Uh, just because we follow what, I mean, gosh, I'm here in this great community because it's Catholic and because this is where my wife's family is from. And what does the scripture say? A man leaves his father and mother, clings to his wife, and that's where they go. And so, it's never too late because Chris didn't have, he just, you met your dad when? I was 21, yeah. My parents divorced and they fought for almost my whole entire childhood. You know, like we didn't have great examples of a dad's, you know, and here we are today. It's never too late. My parents were great. I was just a turd head. <laughs> <laughs> Still is, right? But My father, father yeah. like son. Thank you. Honest, honest to goodness, I look around the room. <laughs> he was good. At least he was good. I excelled at being, you know. You, you'd be good at whatever you did. Uh, but I really do, when I look around the room, I feel like, you know, we're, we're preaching to the choir. And that makes me feel good. Uh, and I'm sure there's many things that y'all could tell us. And, and we need it. Iron sharpens iron, Scripture says, right? But accountability among men is one of the most powerful things that we can do for each other. And how do we do that? You know, it's tough. One of the simple things you can do to influence other people that I learned is somebody actually said, I heard them say at work, hey, don't cuss, Chris is here. I didn't, I wasn't wearing a cross on my shirt. I didn't, you know, I wasn't in a, I don't know. I was not looking like a religious person, I guess you could say. I had a Bible, I was about to hit him with it. (laughs) But I think what happens is uh, just not, just not cussing. Just not drinking too much. Just the little things. The simple thing, singing at church. They say the most alive parishes across the world are men singing in church. I know the songs sometimes are lame. (laughs) And feminine language and all that kind of stuff. Sing it anyway, okay? And let's do our part to get into the choir and change the lyrics and put where we manly songs in there written by saints. I was always told that if you croak like a frog, then make God pay for it and give it back to him. He gave it to you. And sing sing it out loud. (laughs) This is your fault. (laughs) (laughs) And 
So <clears throat> I say these things not because I'm perfect, and I know y'all know that, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is the little things. And, you know, if we want some things to change in our life, that's the thing. Do you actually feel like there's room for improvement in your life? I'll challenge you to say if you don't, then you're, you're missing the whole boat because we all got something to fix, right? None of us are perfect. We mentioned last night confession. What if every man in this room said tonight that they would go to confession once a month? The entire county would change. I'm not just saying that. It's true. Like the, All the families that would be impacted by your decision to go once a month to confession would change. This I told this story last area. night that my wife challenged us during Lent one year that we were going to go to confession every week during Lent. Talk about a humbling experience because then you're sitting there. You're, you're, I was, it's practical. Like Chris says all the time that there's genius in Catholicism. I mean, it has its practical uses too because I was getting ready to maybe do something that I'm not supposed to do. I'm going, oh, I'm going to have to tell Father. I'm going to have to see him this week. I better not do that anymore. It's the extra it grace. Works. The extra grace helped Absolutely. You. It was great. It was very, I have a love-hate relationship with, with confession. I hate to go, but I love the way I feel when I come out. When you come out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Tony, has a lot of stats in his head and one of the first things that he ever shared with me when I was coming into the church I'm a convert to Catholicism uh, was uh, what I call the big three uh, if families will do three things it's over 90 percent or it's like 90 99 percent if you don't hear anything wake up right now <laughs> and then tune out the rest but this here it is yeah 99 percent pray together stay together that's right that's one so pray, pray together daily Yep. As a family, as a married couple, if you're single, by yourself. The table is a sacred place, especially in our faith, right? So eat dinner at the table together. Every day. Or at McDonald's, or you're in the car, but you're together in a community talking with one another and eating. And the last one is being open to life. The biggest one. Which means no contraception. That means no condoms. That means no getting snipped. All of those things. It's serious. And I know for a fact that there's men in this room who are. See, we're real Be with you. Because and they say like 90% of Catholics are using contraception of some sort. And that's not what our church teaches. And so that's not what the Bible teaches, the catechism teaches. We want you to freely find love in the, the best way possible that God has taught that. And what's, your, what's your favorite comments about having so many kids? It's like, don't you all have a TV? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but sex is more fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> can I get an amen? <laughs> I can only say so much. Steve is in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's your father in law, too. Uh, I got uh, a head of guy come up to me one time and say, hey, don't you know what causes that? And I said, yeah, me and my wife are getting pretty good at it. <laughs> you should have seen how red his face got. My son in laws, that's what causes it. it. So, <clears throat> but we, we really believe that, um, that if we are real with each other, that you won't be afraid to talk about things that matter. Most people don't. There's not many rooms in your life, like this room right here, where if you did actually open up and say something about God, heaven forbid, uh, that you're not going to get rejected, you know, that you're not going to get laughed at or made fun of. I think a lot of that is, has to do with the culture. I mean, Chris alluded to it earlier. We've turned Jesus into a sissy. 
We sissified Jesus. I mean, he's for Sundays and for bedtime stories. You said before Barney Jesus? <laughs> yeah, we've turned Jesus into Barney, the purple dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, I love you, me. I mean, when people met Jesus. And Jesus is masculine. <laughs> when they met him in scripture, they had one of two reactions. They did one of two things. They either wanted to drop everything and follow him wherever he was going to go, or they wanted to kill him. One or two. Th- you know what? He does have a lot in common with Barney. <laughs> I mean, kids wanted to follow. Kids loved Barney. Parents wanted to kill him. <laughs> but uh, Tony's point is, okay, I went off. I've lost. My <laughs> well, he's a manly man. I mean, he was the one with the whip and the cords. And you got who taught him how to to make that whip out of them cords? Saint uh, Joseph. On a side note, has anybody seen the Chosen series? The Chosen, that's out. you got to get that. you got to buy it with your family. You should watch it's, it. It's amazing. And it, it's a good, good portrayal of Jesus as a masculine. It's actually yeah. good. You know, most, I'll be honest, like most Christian music, I have a hard time listening to it. Uh, and then, yeah, don't go to the movie, The Chosen Christmas Thing. I will say <laughs> that it's not that good. <laughs> it's a musical. I'm not going to oh. tell you men to go. But anyways, um, but The Chosen actually is really, really good, and it's a good portrayal. And it, maybe it's something that you can do during Advent. Uh, I, another good thing to do as Lent comes up is watch The Passion. Have a tradition. Oof. You know, as men, I think a lot of the reason that we work so hard, I know this is absolutely true for my life, the reason that we work so hard is because we want more for our kids than what we got. I know that that's true. And... When I look back and I think, it's easy for me to say that, y'all, because I didn't have my dad. So I had nothing. And I moved from house to house to home to home. I lived with my grandma's friends, my grandma, my aunts and uncles. And so I thought, heck, all I got to do is have a decent job and don't mess up too bad and do too many drugs. And maybe I'll be all right and I can, you know, have a better family than the life I had. But... Jesus wants more for your kids than you do. Let me tell you right now. And if you do, in fact, want more for your kids than maybe what you had, just don't make that about money. So I think a lot of us hide behind our work because as men, we're, I'm a dumb ox. That's how I know how to provide. I think it makes my busy work, that's my commitment to Melissa and our six daughters. And I'm proud of that. And I'm thankful for that. As a matter of fact, I thought that I would get the respect of Steve before we ever got married because I knew how to hold down a good job. And if I'm not mistaken, Melissa actually said that to me, you know, that I don't know, maybe she's wrong. But, you know, that was what I thought I brought to the table even before I got married. And that is who we are, right? We, We work hard, and I think we do dedicate a lot of our mental focus, our time on our work, because that's how we give. But if you can also just make some very, very small changes and turn that commitment of passing on the torch, you all are here for a reason. Don't know why. Don't know why I'm here. But I'm just going to say yes to Jesus every day and ask that his will is done through me. And that's scary. What's the number one reason why people don't set goals? Fear. Fear? Exactly. Fear of failure. Men don't want to lose. They don't want to fail. And one of the proudest things I can say is I've never been fired from a job. Uh, 
And that's... Yeah, me neither, but I work for my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, picking on, I mean, we're talking a lot about young families because that's what we're in the stage of life that we're in right now. You know, we have, the, we're, we're raising kids, young kids. That's where we're at. But I know there's a lot of men in here who have older children that are grown and moved out. And I just want to touch on y'all's position right now is that y'all are still influential to your kids. Dad is still, I can't look at you right now, is very influential in my life. Damn it. <laughs> you pictured him. Yeah. But you're, you, you, you have that influence on your kids to this day, to your dying day. My grandpa still influences him, sometimes in a negative way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's influence. <laughs> Start calling Grandpa Barney. But... You are still influential to your kids just on how you behave, how you react. I mean, we were talking about getting together, uh, you know, at family dinners, uh, taking your kids out to eat. You can do that now. Call your daughter. Say, hey, let's go out to eat and just pray right there in the middle of the restaurant. Or, Clay, I'm going to pick on you. When his daughter, Sloan, they got engaged, and I didn't know this about them until my mom told me about it. They would go to adoration before they would go out on a date. Awesome. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hmm. How crazy is that? I would never have thought to do that. To go to adoration. You could do that with your wife. How many people in here realize that you are the spiritual leader of your wife? That you are responsible for her spiritual well-being? You're the rock of the home. Foundation. Yep. So... Uh, it says in Ephesians, was it five, six, six, or five yeah, twenty-five, five six. that you know you're supposed to love your wives as Christ loved the church, and He laid down His life for the church, and we're to do the same. So we're supposed to die for our wives. I think, well, at least for me, I don't know about y'all, but when I first heard that, or when you first read that, you're like, oh yeah, when an intruder comes in, I'm gonna take a bullet for my wife, right? I'm supposed to lay down my life for her protection. But I think it also, if you get dig a little deeper, and I'm not very good at that, but I brought my shovel, <laughs> is that when, when you get married, you have to die. You have to die to yourself. All of your wants, your aspirations, your goals, they have to die. Because now it becomes our goals, our aspirations, our wants for our life. The two become one. The two become one. We have to die to ourselves. That's what it means to say we have to lay down our lives for our wives. So we are supposed to be our spiritual leaders, of not just our kids, but also our wives. And if you're single, I know there's some single guys in here, you know, your spiritual leader of even, say, your, your, your sisters or your mother or, you know, if there's not, I don't know, I'm rambling. No, Sorry. you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> On a different note, Our Lady appeared to Jacinta Francesca Lucia in Fatima about 100 years ago, and she, they saw hell. And at that point, Mary told the kids, the number one sin that leads people to hell, because I want you guys in heaven. I want us all to be there. We're not going to be drinking beer in heaven, but we're going to be in a God willing all in heaven. The number one sin that, and men are the number one corporates of this, is lust, sexual sins, pornography, Adultery, masturbation. All of us are f- 
physical, okay, visual. This world out there, it's very easy to find anything that you want to see. We know it's out there. It's very, very tempting. We have to remain pure and holy. That is the number one way the devil will try to slither in and get your soul. 78% of all intentional searches on the internet is pornography. 78% of all searches on the internet is pornography. All the advances in technology, you know, in the internet, faster resolution, faster dial-ups, dial-up. (laughs) <laughs> five faster speeds, you know, all that was geared around pornography so everybody could view it fast. It's Y'all got me squirming in my it's, chair. It's what's <laughs> ruined families. The answer to all the problems of the world is the men in this room, okay, having solid families. And we have to remain pure and focused on Christ for the sake of our daughters and our sons and for our wives. It, it's, it's pretty simple, okay? But if you know where the devil is, You know that statue of Mary crushing the head of Satan? Get one in your house, okay? And St. Michael the Archangel crushing the head of Satan? Okay, that's the sin to crush. Remain pure, remain holy. Make sure those sexual sins are out. And I know many men, and I've taught many years in schools, and almost all the boys in my class, when I said the word pornography, every one of their heads went down, okay? It's the number one confessed sin in the confessional worldwide. There are pamphlets on the confessional saying how to overcome pornography. Well, apparently the priests are hearing it. So if we are viewing that or we struggle with that, get yourself to confession. The grace there can overcome anything. So we've touched on confession a few times. You know, there, next Tuesday, uh, there's a, a uh, penance service, right? And every year, the lines are very long. Something that I said last night, I want to repeat. Joe made a great comment. The uh, confession line is much shorter than the communion line. And maybe it should be different. Paul in Romans said that if you consume the Eucharist without proper sacramental confession, not knowing what you're taking and having a clean heart, that you consume sin upon yourself. What are the wages of sin? Death. Yes, sir. There's genius in Catholicism. So you don't need a psychiatrist. On your point, you know, it says that's in First Corinthians. I think it's chapter three. It talks about that, and it even says that you condemn, you are guilty of profaning. Oh God! What's the, how is it? How, you're guilty of profaning God. You're, you're guilty of profaning the body of Christ. What that actually translates into is that you're guilty of His death. Is what that means. As if you put Him on the cross, right? So, I want to encourage everybody in the room: go to confession. Do you know how many times you're, uh, as a Catholic, to be a practicing Catholic? Bare how minimum. Many, how many? Yeah. What's the bare minimum? How many times you have to go? Once a year. Once a year. Once a year. And how many of us have missed a year? A lot of us. Several years. You know, at an actual retreat, I've seen guys stand up and say, I hadn't been in 20 years. It's more common than we think. But I want to I take it a, a step further. 60, 65 years. They hadn't gone. Yeah. What he was only in there for five minutes. Come on. They were there a while. <laughs> for the, for good reason, right? I want to take it a step further. When I was talking about the penance service, I see so many people not going to Father Ariel's line. 
<laughs> See somebody smiling. Yep. No, we, I get it. I get it. He's not that good of a confessor. Right? <laughs> he, knows, he knows our voice, right? Yeah. <laughs> we started years ago starting. Ten Hail Marys. <laughs> we started years ago going face to face with him. Well, my voice carries. You, can, you don't think he's going to recognize my voice? But, but this Although is, I do sound a lot like my dad. I mean, I could pass that off. I think I've fallen for it before. Uh, so what that means, though, is very shameful. It's very shameful to who we are as Catholics. And I am repeating myself, guys, because I want you to hear what I'm saying. I said this last night. It is an absolute abomination of our faith and spitting on the sacrament of confession. If we don't believe that that man right there is in persona Christe in the confessional. Now, he committed his whole life for you guys. Father, you know, you're there Saturday night, Father Ariel. How, how, the majority of the time, are you in there by yourself or is it pretty busy? I think I want to be a lazy boy for TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, Not TV. We're, we're, we're all guilty of it, myself included, okay? Iron sharpens iron, so I need you to give it back to me. You can call me out on whatever you want. Well, if I'm it's going to get me to heaven, please tell me. Well, I mean, the point is, what he's trying to make here is we're not perfect. I mean, we're up here, we have a microphone, and big deal. I mean, it doesn't matter. We are just as sinful as you guys are. We're just as... The, the Bible says the righteous person sins seven times a day. So all of us in this room have done that. And so, but... Like I said earlier, though, in a different note, mortal sin is what we need to avoid. Venial sin, the small ones, we're going to do it. We're going to maybe do it 100 times a day. That's not going to cause you to miss out on heaven. Mortal sin is. Attack the mortal sins, those deadly sins that creep in. And if they're attacking you, it's going to come after your family. As we teach RCIA, uh, what we find, though, is people don't really know what uh, grave sin is, what mortal sin is. You can start with the Ten Commandments. But you need to go deeper. Did you know that uh, the fifth commandment, what is it? You shouldn't commit murder, right? It actually yeah, goes. I kind of listens to that one while I don't Yeah, I ain't anybody. killing anybody. Yeah, I'm good there. I stepped on a grasshopper, but that doesn't count, right? Uh, it actually means don't get drunk because you're committing a sin against your own body, which is also drugs. You're participating in things that do cause death, uh, abortion, right? If you're even giving money to organizations like Target, you know, uh, that do support. I have a huge boycott list you should sign, by the way. Boycott Target. But you have to be mindful of these things. you got to be intentional in your life. I know some of you aren't going to be able to convince your wives not to go to Target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only place you can find some things. But, but I think, too, you know, I've been on action retreats uh, for years now, and if you have a chance, you all need to go, guys. Come on. You need to go to an action retreat. But I remember going to confession on Friday night. They have uh, – they kind of give you the rundown, breaking down the uh, the sins like – or the Ten Commandments like Chris is kind of explaining here. And I just remember going to the confessional and going, Father, I think I committed all of them. Mm. And he goes, did you kill somebody? I'm like, no, I didn't kill anybody. He goes, well, did you did you tear somebody down? By your words. Anger. Yeah. Well, just breaking Anger. down somebody's, you're killing somebody's spirit. You know, that, that falls under that one. I mean, you can get 
oh my goodness, you can break these things down so small that you, yeah, again, you committed all of them. The, the point is that we are all sinning in a lot of ways, but what does it take, Tony, to, for it to be considered grave sin? So the catechism talks about three conditions for a mortal sin. You have to know it's wrong, it's, it's gravely wrong, and you choose to do it. So I didn't know growing up that missing mass was a mortal sin. But once I came into full knowledge of that, therefore I knew it now. Now, now you know if you didn't know that. <laughs> I just taught you that. So it's important for us to know that stealing a peanut, yes, it is wrong to steal. It is not grave matter. It's not serious. Uh, but looking at pornography, yes, that's seriously wrong. I chose to do it, and I, you know, I freely did it, and I, no one forced me to do it. Yeah, that's, that's reason to get our backside into confession. It's wrong. You know it's wrong, and you did it anyway. Uh, so lust is one of the big sins that we deal with. Uh, I have a friend who said, uh, you know, what, uh, what we talk about is, you know, make that first look count, but don't look again. <laughs> I knew a priest when I was in a seminary, 90 years old, and he said he struggled with impure thoughts. As pure as the day, virgin, priest almost like 65 years, it was almost his whole life, he still struggled as a man looking at women inappropriately. So in the confessional, Father Brian McMaster's in College Station said to me one day, he said, well, did you act upon it? And that can get a little, you know, touchy, right? Pun intended. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks. Oh, God, I missed the pun. Uh, uh, I, I set you up for that one. Sorry. Okay, there <laughs> but, but what Father Brian went on to say was, you, you, you can't dwell on it. There's beautiful women in the world, right? And you're going to see that it's thrown in your face all the time. I was at Double Dave's today, and we were playing the buck shooting game. All the girls were having a great time. And what do they have, this scantily clad girl? And uh, it was terrible. My girls are like, oh, my gosh, that's gross. Dad, don't look. <laughs> and Don't look, Ethel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was... You know, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So I want to ease your mind a little bit. It exists, okay? And God is the creator of life. And people should be beautiful inside and out. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But don't entertain the thought. And it, it can be a challenge. I know it's a challenge. It's okay. So if you're... Well, Father, Larry, Father Larry Richards, he's a very candid priest and uh, another good one to look up some of his youtube videos and he he had one he said yeah if you see a beautiful woman <laughs> i'm gonna tell this wrong but anyway he said he said if you see a beautiful woman thank god for it i mean you did good <laughs> <laughs> he said there's nothing wrong with that but if for the next 30 minutes you sit there and picture her in every position you can get her in that's when it goes from a fleeting thought to a sin so, yeah, you did good. Yeah, it, you know, it's, uh, I guess you really don't have to think about them long because they don't leave much to the imagination anymore, right? I mean, the things that people are wearing, it's, it's unreal. Uh, but in those moments, what I would say, what I would suggest to you is um, that's considered a holy moment. And that's the difference in knowing what your purpose is. Because remember that every sin you commit, we're one body, right? We're one body. In Ezekiel 3.18, it says that if you see somebody else sinning and you don't say anything, then the blood is on your hands. And guess what? 
they're going to continue to do that sin possibly. So now there's two people going down for the same sin. So guys, if you're not seeing the people in your life uh, or not saying something to the people in your life that you know are committing sins, shame on us. Shame on us. And as it's, fathers it's, and grandfathers, if you have daughters and granddaughters that are immodest and they're walking down Target <laughs> and they're wherever and they're catching guys' eyes, I mean, these guys could be sin- they could be like 10,000 sins by this girl that's dressing immodestly. Like, so we have to make sure that our ladies are dressing appropriately so well, guys' eyes they? are drawn to the per- lady's soul and not her physical body. Well, what guys are they actually attracting? Right. Probably the guys that you don't want them to marry. I mean, yeah. I don't know where I was going yeah. with that one. but so, no, no, it's good. Yeah. Uh, so how can we... So last night it was advancing in holiness through our vocation. So that's you know what we do, what we've been called to do. So we're in our, we're in our jobs now. And I, I talked about holy moments. Matthew Kelly coins that phrase to say that it's really a lot of times it's those difficult times where you know you're at a crossroads. And God gave us all the same conscience. No, not, maybe not the same, but uh, he, he gave us all a conscience. A good first start with, yeah. with baptism. And, and yeah. yes, and, and you have to continue to form that. So your faith is like a muscle. If you're not doing anything to put good in, junk in, junk out, right? So the stuff that you're watching on TV, the stuff that you're listening to. Uh, well, I feel like it's just fire and brimstone, and I want to kind of back away from that a little bit. Well, I, was, I would but, want to brief, briefly touch on something we talked about last night, too, is what if what would you say, what would your answer be if somebody asked you if you were a good Catholic? Just think about it. You don't have to answer. But, I mean, what would your, what would your answer to that be? I mean, I had that question brought up to my mind this week, and it was really a, kind of a gut punch, but that should have been here last night. But, anyway, what is a good Catholic? What's a bad Catholic? And really, for me, what it kind of came to a question that was, I was asked that question. Do you consider yourself a good Catholic? And my answer was, I consider myself a practicing one. I don't have it figured out. I'm not always the best one. But I'm practicing, trying to get better, because we take our kids to football practice. We take our kids to basketball practice. Why? To get better at what they're wanting to do. Showing goats. Plays. Pianos. Whatever. They practice to hone their skills as businessmen, farmers, ranchers, you do this every day to get better at what you do. Why don't we do that with our faith? We need to be practicing to get better so that we can pass it on. In our, in our vocations and in the jobs that we do, uh, I know that there's some things, and this is a tight community. You know, uh, there's, there's, Joe mentioned that there's lots of farmers uh you know cousins in here (laughs) (laughs) uh well i just think like you know clifton built houses for people in this community wants to do the best job possible because his reputation is on the line and every single one of you guys that are farmers and it's tough in business especially when you know them and i know that it's hard to deal with these things when you're working with people that you know and we're all trying to take care of our families right we're all trying to do what God has called us to do. And so our vocation is extremely important to us. Our jobs are extremely important to us. And so whether we recognize it in the front of our minds or not, if we're wronged in business, maybe people in this room are wronged in business. 
Maybe I'm making somebody uncomfortable right now. But the way we respond to the things around us matter more than we know. And forgiveness is everything. It's absolutely everything. It doesn't matter. Why? Because that's what Jesus does for us. That's the whole story. We sin and we're forgiven. If you don't know that, you need to wake up to that fact. But how do you do those three things that our whole purpose to know? How do you get to know somebody? Spend time with them. You spend time with them. Not just, uh, there's a meme that's uh, on the, on, not right now, but as it's turning, that said, how are you going to get physically fit if you only work out on Sunday? It just ain't going to happen, is it? So you're busy. Men like checklists. They like routine. I wake up. I eat two eggs and a piece of bacon and a cup of coffee every single morning. I can't remember the last time I didn't do it. So just be intentional and put it in your routine. I'm a morning person. So start in the morning. If you need to wake up five minutes earlier and just spend five minutes, there's all kinds of stuff that you can read. And it might be pink and it might have a flower on it, but when you open it, it just tears me down. Uh, Because we all have something that is not allowing peace to settle in our life. And there's frustrations at work, and you don't want to bring that home to your spouse, right? You don't want it, period. But it's probably because you first haven't forgiven yourself. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to know whose you are. Guys, I'm compelled to say Jesus loves you. I know most people have even said, like, well, that ain't my sort of thing. And actually, as I look around the room, I thought, wow, that's awesome that they're here. And shame on me for thinking that about you. But I'm glad that you are. Because maybe somebody needed to hear what we're saying tonight. As, you know, uh, uneducated as we may be or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Joe. I know. Uh, we, We greatly appreciate it. So every evening, what you need to do, you got to figure out where do I start. You know, we've said a whole lot of stuff, and we're going to say a few more things. But every single day when you wake up, one of the things that I mentioned Richard Pelzel said in RCIA one time that I thought was so simple and profound, and I've said it every day since, except for a couple of days that I didn't. My life was upside down. Truth is, that's actually the case. One of those days I didn't say that prayer, and I almost died with a bee attack. Uh, and so... <clears throat> you got to have a good routine. So every morning I wake up and I say, uh, God, I give you this day and everything in it. And for me, that means all the stupid crap I'm going to say, the people I don't forgive, even if it's on the road, whatever it is, it's just giving it to him at the front end. And then at the end of the day, when you're laying down in the bed, what a lot of us, Probably watch TV, watch the news. I don't know what you do. Maybe laying there looking at your phone. Change that. Just change it just a little bit. And every night you should have an examination of conscience, okay? So just think about how your day went. You'll find peace in it. The Bible says don't be angry and don't let the sun set on your anger. You've heard of that, right? Well, Especially it's, in your marriage, right? <laughs> Yeah. Make sure you're, yep. you're good with your wife before you go to bed, and you're good with your kids. Right after that in the scripture, most people don't know what the next thing says when I ask them. Don't, it literally says, 
don't give the devil a chance. And so if you think about what that scripture says, don't let the sun set on your anger. That means you haven't forgiven whatever you're angry about. Another verse, the devil is prying like a roaring lion looking to devour you. Resist him solid in your faith. He's after you. He's the enemy. We're in a battle right now. <laughs> there is and no battle between good and evil. We know that good's going to win, but he's after you and your family. That's right. The battle is for us. So if it were between the devil and God, we know God wins. That story's already been told for us in Scripture, right? We know the outcome. I think most of us deep down know that. We know that Jesus has got it. He's going to win. We're, but how many of us are still sitting on the bench? We talked about the playing field earlier. How many of us are sitting on the bench and not actively in battle? I mean, we're, like I said earlier, we're built for protecting and providing. Are we fighting? Are we in the game? It, it's, it's, it's really simple to do. Uh, and I would, I would say, so starting with forgiveness for yourself and say, I screwed up, but it's time to, time to turn it around. It's right there in the act of contrition. And as Catholics, we're so negative lots of times. How about all the good things you did today? You know? Yes, we sin. Here they are. Blah. But here's the things that God used me to do good. I mean, the Catholic guilt is part of our, <laughs> our thing, but there's also the positive side. You've got to lift yourself up so you can get up again and go again. And we, Jesus fell three times. I mean, we, we're going to fall more than that, but we can always get up. That's encouraging to know that no matter how bad I screw up, God can make something good out of it. <laughs> Boy, he's been doing a lot of good. <laughs> if, you can, if you can just have the thought of what, what will I be known for? There's a book uh, titled, How Will My Life Be Measured? And think about if you had one impression to leave on the world. You will. You're alive. God called you now. He didn't call you 100 years ago. I didn't call you, you know, 100 years in the future. So what we're dealing with, you know, the homosexuality, the transgenderism, the, you know, the politics of the day. Hear me now that he made you especially for this moment, especially for this moment. You are worthy. And it's it's and you're needed. <laughs> yeah, we and, and we've got so many the laborers are few. Yeah. The, the angels are actually jealous of us. So as they look down from heaven, the angels are jealous of us humans, specifically Catholics. They're a higher being than us. Yep. And the reason is, there's one thing, and it, it, it's the, the summit of our, of our faith. We actually, they get to see Jesus. We actually get to consume him. They look down on us and they go, there he is. They're doing it again. And they don't <laughs> even realize what they're doing. Yep. Yep. I think, I think a lot of this, what we're trying to boil this down to is there has to be a relationship. I mean, not just among our families, but there has to be a relationship with God. There has to be a relationship with Jesus because, to be honest, you know, God willing, I die and I go to heaven. I don't want them, Jesus, to come to me and say, well, welcome, Mr. Matheson. Come on, we have these nice little uh, uh, accommodations for you. I hope you enjoy it. That's not what I want to hear. I want to hear him yelling from across the, the, across the pearly gates going, what took you so long? Get in here. <laughs> so, After the uh, uh, good and faithful servant thing. <laughs> if I, you know, 2021 is, 2020 was crazy. It was a blur. And here we are at the end of the year in December. 
and a lot of times, you know, we have New Year's resolutions and such. But I, I just want to encourage you all to start, start the new year off. Start it off different. Start it off right. And, you know, if it's a New Year's resolution, so be it. Whatever it takes for you to set a goal. The number one reason people don't set goals is for fear of failure, which means if you say, I'm not going to do this anymore, and you do it and you screw up, that's okay. Like Father said and confirmed last night, he hears the same thing from the same people over and 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 over again. And he's not heard... the same sin over and over and over and over again. And he's not heard anything that you think you've done that nobody else has done because that's just not the case. So we want to encourage you to have a routine. You know, I said the phrase, if you want some things to change, you have to change some things. And We've been very in your face tonight. And... We're kind of, I'm sorry, but good. If it's made you uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but good. I want to I share with some of you a little story. I, I shared a little bit of it last night. And it's my story, so deal with it. I'm sticking uh, to it. So I talked about forgiveness a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> so I met my dad when I was, I think, 21 years old. And uh, it was about the time I was coming into the church and... Uh, Close to the time I met Melissa, you know, uh, I met my dad just shortly before that. And my mom didn't know who he was. She had been with multiple people. And, you know, I shared last night that I was, you know, just a little feller, just carried around by the hand in and out of crack houses. There was a bulldog bit a hole in my cheek outside of a crack house when I was a little kid. And... um I just, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I encouraged everybody last night to don't be afraid to invite somebody because you never know what that person's going through. It's not about y'all. It's not about you, right? This is about Jesus. We're here on a mission. We got to bring people to him. If we're supposed to be like Jesus, then we need to do what he does, which is invite people to himself. So invite people in this room. Hayden wouldn't be in this room if somebody didn't invite him. There's other people in this room that wouldn't be here tonight if somebody didn't invite you, right? That's the mission. That's the plan. That's what Rome Boys is is for. We're here to just invite as many people as possible. We definitely don't think we're worthy. So my mother, her dad died when she was 14 years old. He was 39. I never got to meet him. That was my grandpa. And I'm 39 years old right now. And so I look at my 12-year-old daughter, and I think, wow, if they lost me right now, you know, how hard would that be? Some time ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And when I came home and shared that news, I had a big lump on my throat and uh, fell to the floor crying. Why? Why? Not because I had cancer. Because I haven't done what I know I should be doing. And I know all of us sit in that same seat. Because we're here for a reason, right? So we still got purpose, and we're being called to do something. I remember laying in a bed at my friend's house because I would just taken a new job in Belton. And it just overwhelmed me one night after I'd gotten off work. Melissa wasn't there yet, and the kids, I'd moved before they did. We moved 13 times since we've been married, 13 years. And 
I don't know what it was. It just came over me like a, just a ton of bricks. And it was, you need to forgive your mother. And my mom has been married seven times. That's a holy number, but that ain't a holy situation. <laughs> Four of them have died. She's the widow maker. I love my mother, by the way. Uh, two of them were cocaine overdoses. One of them died of hep C of his liver, uh, and that's from drugs. Um, and another one died of cancer. And I knew that she had been wearing on her heart her whole life. She was head cheerleader, and she got pregnant with me at 16 years old. Never graduated from high school. And when I heard that story and I could understand what I was hearing, you know, as a kid, you think, well, maybe I'm the reason my mom doesn't have a life. My dad offered to abort me. And I'm alive, you know, thank God. But uh, anyways, I feel like I'm at an AA meeting. <clears throat> but I was, I was overwhelmed to just, you know, I had been through so much, right? Like, I, w- I was a little guy. That wasn't any of my choice. But I knew I needed to call my mom. I called her, and all I said was, Mom? And she said, Christopher? We had probably hadn't talked in a year by that point. No kidding. Because every time she called me, she was drunk. And I'd hang up. Because that happened when I lived with my aunt and uncle. And they'd say, your mom's on the phone? Mom. You know, and I'm in elementary, middle school. So I just, I was done with it. I called her, mom. She said, Christopher. And I said, I forgive you for everything I know you've done. And everything that I don't. And the things that I know that she's done are horrific. Terrible. I could never imagine any woman suscepting herself to that. But I forgave her. And it is one of the most pivotal moments of my life. So I'm going to tell you as a man, it doesn't have to be your mother. Somebody who's very important to all of us, right? But what about the person in business that has wronged you? Give it up, y'all. It ain't worth it. Forgive them. It's over. It's done. That was yesterday. Forgiveness for your mother or for a business transaction or for somebody you feel that has wronged you, that is blocking your blessing. And you ain't going to be able to do what you've been called to do if you don't first forgive yourself for all the crap you've done and that you're going to keep on doing. So these are sacraments, and they're in that church over there. And there's saints on the windows, and they're all religious people. None of them lay people. Ever notice that? Tony pointed out to me last night when we were sitting there meditating, praying, trying to get our heads right before we are going to talk to you all. But we are called to be saints, every swinging one of us. Not a single person in this room ain't. So you ain't getting out of it. So forgive, forgive yourself. And when you do that, you will find joy in your life. So whatever peace, whatever unsettling you got it just just let it go it's quite simple it ain't easy and never said it was but just let it go jesus does it for us every single day every single day so that's my story sticking to it so where do we go from here i mean that is one of the biggest questions that we always get asked after an axe retreat and if you haven't been on one, there's one coming up in February, 24th through the 27th. So if you haven't signed up, please sign up. 
I had a guy one time tell me that he didn't feel like he was good enough to go. Well, if that was a criteria, nobody would go. Everybody needs to go. And it, it's just kind of a, and we use it, the ones who have been on it many times, we use it as a refresher to keep us on, keep us growing, keep us practicing. But what do we do after that? What do you do after this? I look around the room, and I see you are already broken up into groups. <laughs> you have certain guys that you confide in. You have certain guys you like to hang out with. Start a men's group. That's what this is. That's all that Rome Boys is, is just a men's group. I mean, we get together, we talk about the faith, we have a camera. I mean, we, we, we feel like we have been given a gift to teach and to evangelize and to pass it on. But it doesn't have to always be that way. We started getting together for breakfast a few times. And just during the week, you just get up early and go just to say, hey, how's your business going? How's your day going? How did, how did God work in your life this week? I mean, you are having some tough times. What, how, what came of that? You know, it was just a chance for us to get together and to grow as as men of the faith and as friends. Now we we talked about this, and we meant to run it by you, Deacon Allen, but uh, we, we talked about it last night a little bit. Well, I know you make all the rules and everything, so I got to uh, <clears throat> Father Ariel. He does. He makes all the rules. Uh, <clears throat> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we, we said, what about, you know, once a month? You know, we talked about the Axe Retreat. You go to the Axe Retreat, it's great, and you feel like you're on the right track. It don't take but about a week or two, and it's just you're, you're, you're back off the tracks. And it's not because Axe Retreat isn't a good thing or a great thing. It's magnificent. It's mind-blowing. Heck, even Steve Havlock went. <laughs> He's the one that coined the phrase, it's like going on a fishing trip without the beer. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember when you said that. But what we're talking about is if if we, we want your feedback. And we we actually, part of Rome Boys was we were being called to say, what are the men doing in the parish? You know, there's the nights and there's other things going on, but we would love to facilitate it. You know, we're kind of putting ourselves out there. And if you guys want to get together once a month, maybe like Tuesday before or after Mass or uh Figure it out. Let's figure it out together. You but just reminded the re- me of that. This is why we did this for this group. That's we exactly wanted to reach the men. And the funny thing was, is our, our most of our viewers when we first started was all all women. Like it's coming around though. <laughs> it's coming around. Seventy or eighty percent. But you never know. Like I went to mass in St. Lawrence um, a couple nights ago, and somebody came up to me and said, uh, "I feel like I'm with the celebrity." And I was like, you're crazy. Then. Her husband said, I listen to Rome Boys four hours a day. <laughs> I literally said, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, get a life. Suck up. No. <laughs> you want my autograph? <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that I know some of you want, want the same thing because I've heard people talk about it. Uh, but, and the reason I want to open it up to invite Nobody else is asking me, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I think it'd be great. And the reason I think it'd be great is because we can be real with each other. We don't have to be something we're not. We were able to all sit in this room and say everything we said tonight, and y'all listen, and I appreciate it. You hadn't stoned us yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I think we should do something like that. I think it would help our community, and I think we could turn these stats around. When you look in the church, 
You see a bunch of old ladies, right? A lot of times it's the majority of the people there. Don't you tell a single person I said that. It's on the camera. It's on the camera, dude. If they, if they start running after me, I'm going to start throwing business cards. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm callous. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> but really, we've got to turn that, that percentage around. For people to have, if, it's not just our kids. If men are actually active in the church, that's what's going to keep it alive. Used to, there wasn't even women altar servers or girl, female altar servers. It was all about the men carrying the torch, and it still is because there's no women priests, and there never will be. Yes? Can I, can I just interject? No. He makes the rules. And we talked about last night, maintenance versus mission. So maintenance is doing something men in the church. That's good. But we also need you to be doing something in the community and in our towns. Okay? And that's evangelization. And they say that about 5% of parishes focus, Catholic parishes, focus on evangelization. So we do really well keeping our facilities going and everything is set for readers and lectors and all that kind of stuff. But then what about outreach? What about all the people in our towns of Miles, Rowena, and Alphen that have never heard about Christ, have never been invited to Mass, RCIA? That's our job. You know, our job is to get the people to the church. Father's job is to give them the sacraments. So if the, the, the church is packed, it's because we invite it. One of my pet peeves with the uh, festival, and this is my opinion, you can stone me later, is that we're not using the funds to evangelize. We're using the funds to keep a building kept up, which is good. This is, these are all good things. But this community is so good about coming together to put on these festivals, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. But what are we doing with the product? We're taking that money and we're fixing things up. Sure, those things are wonderful, but what... What percentage of that are we spending on bringing people in, on those invitations, on saving, educating what saving we Saving souls is why this building is here. One of the questions last night was from, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but she, she asked if, if CCED, if RCIA, excuse me, if RCIA was open to Catholics. Is it just for people coming in? Absolutely not. It's for, consider it, everybody in here knows what a CEU is. Continuing education. You have that in your job. You have it in farming. You have it everywhere. What, that is what RCIA is. RCIA, you can consider it a, a uh, refresher. refresher or just a... You know, but there's people that have gone to RCIA that have, learned, that have been Catholic all their life and just like, I didn't know that. Because we don't ask why. So speaking of asking questions, we, were, we opened segue. it up. Yeah, we opened it up last night to questions, comments, and we actually got quite a few and we didn't really bring fruitful. any tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but does anybody have any comments or questions about what we talked about or anything else? No? 
That's all right, too. Yes, sir. There is one thing that all my life I've tried to encourage people in church to try to come to the front. Mm. I have not got it done. <laughs> but there is more people coming up now than it used to was. But here, several years ago, I told Father, I said, why don't you get you a table, sit it in the back of church, have mass, tell everybody, now turn around. Switch. That's the thing on Sutton Park Church. I like it. I like it. It's true. It's the best seat in the house. Don't we want the, you know, we talked about the stadium. Don't we want to be in the front row? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? But I go to the front. Um, I used to be in the back years ago. And I go to the front now every chance I get if I'm not in the choir. But uh, it's so much more that you can get out of it than when you're in the back with all the distractions. Yeah. Yeah. That's my sense. I'm sorry. Uh, the back, they're not any uh, worse than I am. Amen. But it's just so much enjoyable in the front. I use it strategically when my son starts acting up. Father sees you. <laughs> Father's watching you. So, any other, thank you. Any other comments or questions? Points you want to make? Okay, then I have a question for y'all. How do you feel about the future of our three parishes? The torch is being passed on, right? And it's the families and young faces in this crowd that have kids. How do you guys feel about it? Do you feel like we got a good future? I think we're strong. Amen. Amen. I do too. Thanks, Thanks Charles. Charles. We take that responsibility very, very seriously. The three of us for sure. And I know a lot of other family members. Uh, you guys, I mean, bringing your kids in. Well, we were talking about that when we first got here. We were, talking, we were sitting out there talking about how, you know, having some priests don't like having kids that are causing a ruckus in the back Father has told me many times he loves it because, you know, there's that saying, you know, if a, cry, if a church isn't crying, it's dying. You know, if you don't have kids crying in the back, <laughs> that means there ain't, there ain't, that next generation ain't coming. That's good. Absolutely. We're good. I think it's evident by the children's liturgy that are going. You see all the little ones coming up. It's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Father better enjoy the little kids because if I'm going to sit in the choir, my grandkids are going to be there with me. They're going to raise the ruckus. Yeah. Oh, they're singing. They're singing. They're singing. They're singing. <laughs> I think we're safe. Father's been so welcoming with everything we've asked. You know, he's allowed our kids to actually use the uh, the school next door, you know, for our Catholic homeschool co-op. And there's a bunch of kids in it and people that move from Montana that participate. I mean, it's... What do we have now? 43 kids? Yeah. The yeah, torch is like... being passed on. Yeah. What else, y'all? Let's keep this going. How much beer were you left? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll say one thing yes, about uh, churches in San Angelo being there 50 years. Yes, there is not that many young kids mm -hmm. in those churches in San Angelo that we have out here mm -hmm. growing in these small parishes. I don't understand why. In children's liturgy, you know, no such thing there. 
And if you look in the history of our diocese, so many priests came from this area. We need to get it going again. We got to make sure that we don't need missionary priests ever again, that we have our own priests that we're raising up. No offense, Father Ariel. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Stick around. Children do liturgy with all the kids in the church. That's where you can learn a lot. Robbie and I do the children's liturgy. And it's amazing. You get the kids away from their parents right here. What the little kids say. I believe it. It's amazing. So you better be straightening up at home. <laughs> They're listening. They are listening. Yeah. I will say, as a parent of several of those kids of mine that are in there, that I can see the difference. I see they talk. They talk. And I love it. It's great. So thank you for that ministry too. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. What else, y'all? It's been really, really, really good. We're in dark part. Throw some at us. From from oh you don't, I thought you were raising your hand, but you weren't being kind at all. So from last night. And there's about 50 people here or so. Uh, how many people are here tonight? Well, I was supposed to do that at my You asked somebody else. 52. 37. I don't know. There is more. There's more people here tonight. Did you try to come? Yeah, while well, ago. I'm glad we built my house. I'm going to go I Somebody did check my back. Where is Lance when you need 45? I say about 115. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to your face. That's cool. We're not going by weight. We said go by weight. We can't 45. go by 45. That's, that's almost as many that were here last night. We were prepared for 10. Yeah. Um, so, so, also, a lot of times. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, yeah, I'm like y'all guys, I thought, man, tonight's going to stink. Remember, man, kept coming, I go, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is your wife or is it your wife's from here that you came for? Be <laughs> <laughs> honest. Be honest. It's okay, we'll get you here. Alan was talking about CCD and what is it through your life. You can go in the other door, which is where you're at when you die. 
Mm -hmm. It was a lasting impression that made on me. I've never seen the movie until. Yeah. It says something around the lines of, yeah, I have everything. Something like that. I have everything in the world. Right. 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 What that reminds me of is George Jones' song, The Choices I've Made. You know, it's, it, it, you know, living and dying by the choices, man. I'm sure there's probably some other words in there that may not be as, as holy as those. But, um, so, we, our choices matter. And it's, it, we have been given a, uh, a compass, and we got to use it. Because if we don't, uh, we're going to be in trouble. So are we good? We're good. All right. Okay, so uh, let's do a round of applause. So, what did the Rome Boys mean? I mean, Rome Boys. It was a play on words, yeah. Home Boys were Well, would it have anything to do with Rowena, Alfin, and Miles? Whoa! Well, you know, well, they, they want to say wrong, you know, like the news, you know, so, but, uh, but, you know, it's the role boys, uh, often Rowena, Miles, and anybody else, but what, what, what are we, what are we, I think we're the wrong men. I think, you know, challenging what the challenge they made as men that, you know, we ought to become the Rome men. We ought to step up to the plate and, and do the things that as strong Catholic men we are challenged to do every day. You know, um, Matthew, in, in Matthew, and help me along, is it eight, 18 where two or more are gathered? Chapter 18, is that right? I can't read my right now. I looked it up. I Googled it. I can't even read. Anyway, where two or more are gathered, he is amongst our, in our midst. You know, they talked about KLS. No love and serve God. Well, that's always hard for me to remember. But when you turn on TV, you see KLST. Right? So why not no love and serve God together as a group. And, and I think that's the goal that tonight was. Uh, Father had this idea years ago, and it, it, it finally come to where we could make it work. But he, he's been asking us to do something for the men, because the women have something. You know, and, and he really wanted to do. So it, it is father's brainstorm, a child, to, to do this. And, um, you know, the other thing that was brought up was RCIA and, and how we're practicing Catholics. Uh, beginning after Christmas, and it, it was in the past, we would put the RCIA schedule in the bulletin. And, and it's, that's going to start happening again. And it's going to be the RCIA topic of the week. You know, everyone is invited to RCIA. 
you know, because we are practicing Catholics. So everyone is invited. You don't have to be wanting to come into the church. You need to be staying in the church. So uh, in the years ago, we invited everybody to come. We had a couple little old ladies come, and they, they, you know, at 80 years old, they swore they learned so much those that six months that we were together. We're not asking for anybody to come every night. But if you see a topic in the bulletin, say, hey, man, you know, maybe that would be interesting. Come on. You know, because we have a team that teaches. We have about 20 people, a lot of husbands and wives, a lot of just the men, some just the women, that teach a different topic every week. So nobody gets tired of Chris's voice. That's right. Nobody does. That's right. That's right. That, that was the truth. See? But no, it's so nobody gets tired of, of hearing one person week after week after week. We change it up. We have half, I would say 50% of our teachers are converts to the faith. And they're the best instructors because they haven't lived it. You know, we lived it. We, we grew up. We do it because we were told to do it. You know, we're just learning now why we're doing it. They learn why to do it and are doing it. Uh, we ask that uh, you don't forget the two baskets on the end so we can, uh, we can continue doing this. We also remind that tomorrow we're going to be meeting in the parish hall. We will have food and drinks again tomorrow. The whole family's invited. Bring your, bring your family. Uh, I think there's some, there's, we're going to let the kids come, and then we might tell them to go to another room. And, uh, and then we'll swap out parents who, who gets to watch them, right? Yeah, rock, paper, scissors or something. But we will, you know, we will encourage all the, the whole family, family to come. So we had adults last night. It's men tonight because we wanted to single you out because you're the leaders. And then tomorrow's holy family. Okay. Make sure you sign over there if you want to be on either our newsletter. And, stuff. You know, I, I think there's another thing that we, or I know I, I take, you know, not, but, you know, priest can give us a special blessing. And I'd like Father to uh, give us his uh, blessing, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>